Sources. Cuban is beside himself. Driving around downtown Dallas begging. Through texts. Jordan's family for the address to DeAndre Jordan's house. We crushed them on the basketball court and we're going to for years because of the way we've built this team. We're light years ahead of probably every other team in the structure. In planning and how we're going to go about things. Anything is possible! Welcome to Sports Ball of the Rings. I'm Bardley, and with me is Shellen. So we're going to talk 2022 NBA playoffs, so if you don't want to hear that, go ahead, turn this off. Uh, delete the episode and re-download the ones that are more interesting to you, I guess. Uh, but before we start, let's do a little bit of background on who we root for. Shellen, uh, why don't you go first? Sure, mine's probably uh, slightly more complicated, but I... I grew up a Sonics fan. Uh, you know, they were they were super cool back in the mid '90s. So it was pretty easy to be a a Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp fan. Um, well, their name says Super in it too, so you know that it, they were better than the regular Sonics based exactly, on my Nintendo knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, there were some lean times there after after Payton and Kemp left, but then we had some Richard Lewis and Ray Allen teams that were a lot of fun and. I got back into the NBA a little bit more there toward the end of high school. And then we all know, obviously, um, Clay Bennett and Howard Schultz and David Stern and everybody worked together to to move that team to Oklahoma City. Uh, and the NBA died for me in 2008 when that happened. <laughs> um, but I was in college at Washington State University at the time. And uh, actually, you know, I had a couple mutual friends with and played on an intramural softball team with Clay Thompson, a uh, shooting guard for the, the Cougs at the time. And so when he got drafted by the Warriors in 2011, I kind of just decided, yep, I'm a Warriors fan, you know. You know, I don't actually have an NBA team, so I'll just be a Warriors fan. And as it turns out, that was the absolute best possible time to jump on a bandwagon because, uh, you know, they traded Monta Ellis for Andrew Bogut shortly afterward, drafted Draymond Green, and the rest has kind of been history, so got to watch a couple couple titles and some more fun runs in between there. So it's been a a good a good time to to bandwagon as a a Warriors fan, displaced former Sonics fan. Yeah, uh, I think you'll get a team back soon. I, I, they That's really the regret. They really, I'm sure they really really regret moving that team out of Seattle because it was not that long afterwards that like Starbucks and Amazon became like mega huge. And all that money rolled into Seattle, and I was like, oh, that was a mistake, because Oklahoma right. City, it's like, that's a fine market, but Seattle the, is like a golden cow, right? The pessimist in me says that <laughs> you're probably right, because I think we're running out of NBA teams for them to use as, like, Seattle as the boogeyman. You know, they, they told um, Sacramento, like, if you guys don't build a new arena, you know, who knows, maybe we'll move ourselves to Seattle. And they've done the same thing with New Orleans, and I think what it, Milwaukee or Minnesota or both, both had Seattle used as kind of like a oh you know if this doesn't work you could always become the Sonics, and so we're running out of teams that they, that can be used on anymore. So it's probably high time for an expansion franchise there now. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see expansion and realignment. As I I've mentioned to you uh, privately, I'm like why. Is uh, New Orleans and Memphis are in the Western Conference, uh, and those are like 
Eastern Conf- uh, they're east of the Mississippi, so it doesn't make sense to me at all. I know yeah, why, like, because the Grizzlies were in Vancouver at one point, but it's like still, it they they would probably come over to the east, I would imagine. Um, and I think Vegas and uh, Seattle probably would be the two expansion teams. Um, sure, I think, but um, I guess I should go here. Shellen has indirectly shaved me twice during his uh, his uh, <laughs> preamble here because. Uh, the team I root for is the Bucks. I grew up in the area, um, and it's kind of funny. I wasn't that much of a Bucks fan growing up because the glory years were the '70s when we had uh, Kareem won a title with him and Oscar. Right. The '80s teams were good. They were probably like that the team that could never quite break through because the Celtics were too good. Um, they had a lot of really good teams in the '80s. The '90s were pretty lean, and then we had the one run with uh, '01 with Ray Allen, Big Dog, right. and Cassell. And I still maintain to this day, especially now that we know a little bit more, uh, I think that series might have been fixed, the Eastern Conference Finals against the uh, 76ers, because you have to look at the free throw disparity between the two teams, and also that's like the time Donahue was around, so it's like... Mm. Oh, for sure, and I mean 2002 Western Conference Finals, right? Or, right. You know, rife with that same sort of... Um, you know, allegations. Yeah. yeah, stop so, listening now, Kings fans. But <laughs> yeah, um, I guess the good thing is I don't have to care care about that anymore because for a long time that was what Bucks fans had to look back on. Because after that, it was just it's not been very good, pretty much from that team until I would say 2018. The teams mm-hmm. were not good. Um, Senator Herb Cole owned the team. He was so obsessed with getting the eight seed and getting bounced in the first round for some reason. And I, I guess because he was old and he just wanted to be a playoff team. So you mentioned having Ray Allen. Well, we had Ray Allen. We traded for Gary Payton. You mentioned uh, Bogut for Ellis. Oh, we yep. had Bogus. <laughs> we got Ellis. Uh, guess what? None of those really worked out for the Bucks. Um, but then, obviously, uh, 2014, they drafted... 14, I think, right? They drafted Giannis, or was it 15? I forget. Oh, you would know better than me on that one, for um, sure. Anyway, they picked uh, Giannis, and then it took him a little bit to kind of really figure out how to play because he was so raw, and he hadn't played much professionally. And it wasn't until really, like, 18 that you kind of started to see, like, oh, who could this player be? He could be really good. And then 19, they were the... Um, number one seed after they hired Bud and was like, oh, wow, like Giannis is actually like might be one of the best players in the league. I had the flame out in 2020, finally won the title in 2021, which was really exciting. So um, that's kind of my story. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't much of a Bucks fan growing up, but after Giannis came, it's easy to root for him too. He's got such an interesting story. He's a likable guy. He, um, He's like egoless, not a, a total a hole like some, you know, celebrity players can be. So um, that's kind of how how I turned out as an NBA fan. For a long time, I just watched and didn't care who won. Other than I didn't like like the Lakers because I'm from small market <laughs> Midwest. Oh yeah, teams. no. So I, I hate the Coastal Lakers elite, for the same reason. Yeah, exactly. Coastal elite teams. I'm just like, oh, get out of here. You know. 
And that was that was really dark for my NBA fandom because yeah, we lost the Sonics, and then after that happened, it was like Celtics Lakers, Lakers Magic, Celtic Lakers for the three finals there when I was without a team. So it was terrible, <laughs> just terrible, terrible time for me in the NBA. Yeah, but fortunately, it's kind of turned around for both of us. And um, this year, we'll see how our teams do. We we share a seed. We're both three seeds. Yep. So uh, we'll kind of see what happens here. Uh, I think we're going to start with the Western Conference just because it's going to be a little bit quicker, I think. I'm pretty sure Shell and I are going to pick the... What we're going to do is we're going to go over each matchup in the first round. Um, we'll kind of... Uh, we'll start with Western Conference, go to Eastern Conference. We'll do uh, our dream matchups if like everything fell the way we would want it to to see who would play who. And then um, we'll make some finals picks at the end and we'll be totally wrong. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you if you joined our Cardboard of the Rings um, March Madness pool, hopefully we both do better here with our picks than we did there because it was uh, oh that was rough, not uh, great. Yes, at least here with the seven game series, I'm more certain about that the better team will advance. Unlike the one one in Duns, where it's like yeah, no Saint Peter's here. Yeah. So, Shelly, why don't you go ahead and start us with the Western Conference here? Yeah, so for the West, uh, kind of, we're just going to start up at the top of the bracket there. We're recording the Thursday night here before the playoffs uh, start, so Friday play-in games have not occurred yet. So we don't actually know who yet the Phoenix Suns will be playing in the first round. So that does make that first-round matchup a tiny bit tougher to, to really go into. But at the same time, does it really there, Bardley? I mean, are you are you thinking that either one of the Pelicans or Clippers can actually do more than win, you know, a game against the Suns? No, I think we'll get to... We can go over some of our thoughts about this. There's a reason why the Clippers potentially could, but I think this will be a pretty easy Suns roll. Yeah, um, I think so too. The Suns, you know, we, we've talked off-air a little bit, you and I, about this. They, they're almost the same team that they were last year, right? They didn't have a ton of additions or subtractions. JaVale McGee has been a... a pretty solid, you know, backup big for them, which really hurt them in the finals last year when, uh, you know, Sarich went out with the ACL injury in game one. They, you know, were playing Frank Kaminsky too many minutes, I think, trying to to defend against the Bucks. So just having JaVale's, you know, what, nine points and seven boards in 15 minutes of playtime this year that he's averaged with Chris Paul feeding him has been great. That's, you know, when Aiton's in foul trouble or needs a, a breather. Even uh, Biombo's been useful in yeah, which is yeah. surprising. A player that I, I never thought I would think about much ever, other than just I like saying Bismack Biombo. I, I was like, oh, he was actually been pretty. Uh, he's not. He's been interesting. I would say he's he's not been like lighting the world on fire, but he's been good for them in his minutes. Um, yeah, basically the same team. Paul Paul and Booker pretty much playing the same style. Mm-hmm. Bridges, Bridges hasn't missed a game in his career. We saw this week. Yeah. Um, Crowder's still going to be trick or treat. You never know what you're going to get mm-hmm. from him on a night. And yeah, yeah they fortified the bench and yeah, mm-hmm. fortified backup center, which I thought agree was a weakness for them. Uh, and they've just been very solid rolling. They remind me a little bit of um, was it the 2015 Spurs where it was they lost in 14 to that Ray Allen shot mm-hmm. and um. You know, they were up 2 nothing last year in the finals against the Bucks, and they seem like they've got a little bit of um, FU attitude to them and Agreed. Um, very determined to make it back to the finals. Uh, I would say, you know, Chris Paul, how 
reliable is he going to be in terms of health, making it through four it's series? The biggest thing. Yep. That's that's my only question for them is if he goes down at any point. Uh, boy, I know they played decent without him this year in the regular season, but without him in the postseason, I'm not sure what you're going to get from him. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got to think that they hope that New Orleans wins that one just for matchups for them, just an easier first round series, get some more rest going into the second round. But we'll see. Yeah, should, should we address the elephant in the room? We don't know what's up with uh, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Yeah. I, I, I can't see him coming back. He's so mysterious. He could. We have no clue. And if he did come back, I don't know what he would look like, but that would be. That would, I think, be a, that could be a seven-game series if Kawhi came back. Oh, I mean, yeah. If if Kawhi was Kawhi, I mean, I think the Clippers could easily be considered a favorite in the West, since Paul George has looked pretty good coming back from the injury, and Norm Powell's getting rolling a little bit again. You know, they're they're a good team. They just they don't have they're they're missing Leonard if, to be able to match up with the Suns. Yeah, it's he, he is, is literally their missing piece. So it's like like the. They have any questions about what what could we do to be better? It's like literally, you have the player on your roster; he's just not healthy, or yeah. maybe he's healthy. We, we don't know, right? But he's not playing, so that um, might be a recurring theme here as we move down this Western Conference bracket. Unfortunately, uh, making a couple of these first round matchups a little less enticing than they might have been. That's true. Do you just want to move on to the second series? Yeah, with another player yeah. who's had some injury stuff, right? Yeah. And Luca, that's that's the big issue for Dallas against the Jazz here in this. Uh, first round matchup. We we heard from Shams today on Twitter that he's he's likely out game one. So that that's an instant absolute must win for Utah game one in Dallas if they want to have any chance in the series. I think like if if Luca is out, the Jazz have to win game one if they want any chance here. Uh, and I they they probably have a decent chance at it. I don't think that without without Luca, I don't think the Mavs have the the perimeter threat to, you know, neutralize Gobert like we've seen done every single postseason for the last four or five years. Yeah, I've heard people describe Dallas as a heliocentric team, which is totally true. Everything yep. revolves around Luca, and if he's not there, I've liked what Dinwiddie has brought this season. I'm surprised. Brunson's I thought he was too. done. Yeah, Brunson's been pretty good, um, but I think one of their staples of their offense is the Luca Dwight Powell pick and roll. It was so effective for them in Luca's rookie year. Then Powell got injured, and we haven't seen it much. And they started once they got rid of KP this year. Uh, they started running it again, and it's been really effective on offense for them. Uh, their defense has been very good. Uh, surprisingly, I think for a lot of people, uh, they've really stepped it up. But without Luca, the team is a totally different beast. I know. Um, I'll get into some jazz stuff in a little bit. Let's talk about Dallas here first. Uh, yeah, just without Luca, such a mystery. I, if they had him healthy, this could be a team that could go to the NBA Finals because he could be the best player in every single series. Without him, even with him limited, I think it's going to be really hard for them. Yeah, I agree. They, I mean, they've been one of you know. If it wasn't for the Celtics and who we'll get into uh, in the Eastern Conference, we'd be talking about them as kind of the wow. You know the second half of the season post that Dinwiddie trade, um, just they've they've been incredibly good. Uh, but yeah, if you go look at <laughs> Mavs box scores for the second half of the year here, 
you'll see that Luca led the team in points, rebounds, and assists in basically every single game that they've had since the All Star break. Yeah, once Which, he was finally in shape, and he's yep. looking like an MVP again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I uh, what a surprise. The calf. That's going to be what this all comes down to uh, for them. Because I think healthy Luca, if if he came into the series, if we went back in time and and didn't give him or didn't rescind that 16th technical foul and made him sit that last game of the year and he was coming healthy, they probably win this series in five, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I think they would probably win it pretty easily. I, I'm looking at some of this Utah stuff and I'm like, oh boy, the chemistry is not very good in the team. Uh, they're pretty inflexible in terms of their defense. They had really hoped that Rudy Gay would help them play small ball. Uh, defense did not work. He's not been very good. Uh, and there's a couple of things that have really made me go, Ugh. Uh, Utah has lost six games this season in which they've held a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Seems bad. Yeah, yeah and like three of them in the last like week and a half of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. of the big reasons is, I'm look- I was looking at some of Mitchell's clutch uh, time numbers, and he's third in a sh- uh, attempted shots, but he's not in the top 10 in makes. And he's only shooting 33% from the floor this year. Like, high volume, low efficiency from him in crunch time. And he's like their only guy, really, that can really, really create. Bogdanovich can a little bit, but um, and when Mitchell has missed time, they've relied on Bogey to produce offense at the end of the games. But uh, they're going to need Mitchell. And he's had good postseasons in the past where he's put up a lot of points. Uh, he's also had uh, some times, too, where it's been pretty inefficient from him. And I'm not quite sure what to think about this team. They've been so good in the regular season for so long. It's really kind of the wheels have come off the wagon this year for them. Uh, we might be seeing them break up this year. Could be seeing Quinn gone, the coach. Mitchell could be demanding a trade. Gobert could get trade. I have no clue what this team is going to be like. Yeah, and you've got to you got to think that the just kind of specter of playoffs past is hanging over that team too. You know, we Gobert is very deserving of a lot of these Defensive Player of the Year awards that he's gotten. You know, the Jazz, I think, with him on the floor, had the number one defense in the league this year, and when he missed time, they were something like the twenty fourth or twenty fifth defensive team in the league um for those games that he missed like it's just crazy on off numbers for him on defense for them but it happens every single time in the playoffs when teams can shorten up their rotations and run pick and roll with that you know that drop defense that gobert does and has to do since he's not at you know quite as adept switching on the perimeter as some of our other big men defenders in the league they they struggle in crunch time especially when you know that all these other great guards in the playoffs are just get a get looks against Utah in the fourth quarter. Yeah, their wing defenders and their are just, are just are not good enough. I think yep. a lot of people blame Gobert, but it's like, how is Gobert supposed to guard everybody when all of his perimeter yeah. guys just get blown by? It's like he is slightly to blame for it, but yeah, I, I see a lot of these guys just subpar in defense, and I think that's a problem for them. So yeah, I think I think even with Luca hobbled a little bit. Assuming he comes back, you know, game two, game three, I still see this probably as a Mavs and maybe six series. 
Okay, I'm going opposite. I'm going to say the Jazz. I'm going to take the Jazz in seven. I don't think... Oh, wow. I think with a hobbled Luka, I don't think the Mavs are going to be very good on offense. Uh, I think the Jazz have one more dig deep, get a series win in them. And they do still have one of the best offenses in the league. So I know that it's not worked for them in the postseason previously because they just take so many threes. Uh, and that's how they get number one offense. But I think that the, they will beat Dallas. I'm not really positive. I, I've obviously picked seven game series, so it's not a lot of faith. But um, just the the lack of reports about Luca really would concern me. The fact that they're not telling us anything in timetable TBD. If he misses two, three games, it's it's over. Like the Jazz are going to win that series, even if they blow doubles in the lead in the fourth quarter. <laughs> So that's taking a little bit of risk, but that's what I think. Perfect. Well, we got one one difference here already. So moving on down comes uh, the the series that I'm obviously most intrigued about here in the West in the first round, and that is the Warriors and the Nuggets, three seed versus the six seed here. Um, you know they they basically split the season series uh, with each other with some kind of weirdness going on there. You know, one of the game they they played two games to, against each other in the span of three days where the Warriors basically didn't play anybody <laughs> in Denver at altitude for game one and then played everybody um, the, the next night. Uh, but all those games were with a healthy Steph Curry, which again, kind of like we were talking about with the Mavs, are we actually getting healthy Steph Curry? We've, we've seen reports this week that if practice went well today for Steph, he was likely for game one which means that, you know, even if he, even if practice didn't go great today, you got to expect we're seeing him by game two or three at the latest. So the Warriors should have him back. I don't know. How to, are, you, are you more optimistic for Steph coming back or more optimistic for Luca coming back? Uh, Steph, for sure, because he's, uh, he's practiced. And today he's, I saw that he did like a six-minute uh, sessions. I think I think Kerr said he did three six-minute sessions, and he's going to be on a minutes restriction uh, when they bring him back because it's, it's looking like he's going to play game one. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the question not so much is is he going to come back, but is he going to play better than he has all season? Because I don't yeah. think he's had a good enough season uh, to really carry them to the promised land. I think he's been a little down for Steph and. I know a lot of it was without Draymond, which has really hurt them. But I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the Warriors. Uh, I did find this one interesting statistic that they're one of just four teams that have four players making at least two threes per game, well five percent or better from three. It's uh, Curry, Thompson, Poole, and um, you'll be surprised by this one, Wiggins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's uh, NBA All Star Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, because of K-pop uh, stands. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, nope. So, um, we just haven't seen their full roster all year. That's what makes the Warriors, I think, difficult to assess because they were so good at the beginning of the year when Traymon and Steph were healthy. Their defense was amazing. And then their guys have been injured so much. And uh, isn't Draymond's injury a back injury too, I think, right? It is, yeah. That worries me. Uh, he's not exactly a sp- chicken anymore so older guys with back injuries 
I know it's weird that the Warriors are kind of now like this this core for them at least is like the late stage elder statesman of the NBA kind of at this point. Uh you know, they they probably do have just about the oldest core group here in the in the playoffs, which is just kind of weird to think about when with them coming up together in 2013, 2014-ish when they first yeah. started this run. Mm-hmm. I, I think this might not be their year. I think they might have to target next year. I've been very impressed by some of their young guys. Um, Poole has really taken a step forward. I think Kaminga, despite a lot of times I'm like, this guy doesn't really know how to play basketball very well because he's just so raw. His mm-hmm. athleticism is crazy. Yep. Uh, and I think next year, hopefully, he will improve a lot for them. And I mean, Kerr has had to play him in rotations anyway this year, even though he's like... Uh, he also doesn't think Kaminga's like knows what he's doing half the time, but he's so crazy athletic that they need to play him. So yeah, I'm not sure this is their year. And I also wonder how they're gonna hold up against Jokic, because they don't really have anybody. Yeah. Because Draymond is a good defender, but he's so undersized. Jokic is just gonna shoot over him and can pass over him so easily. Uh, I think Jokic right. is gonna slice and, and dice. Looney. I love Looney, but uh, the matchups with Jokic in each of the games that the Warriors have played this season have decidedly gone in the uh, reigning MVP's favor there. Um, <laughs> and we talk about the Warriors here a lot, but the Nuggets, they're they are kind of hurting the same way. You know, they don't have MPJ. They don't have Jamal Murray. They haven't had them all season, so it's not like it's a new thing. They've been playing with this same nucleus the the whole year. But when we talk about, you know, MVP sort of things, at least for me, when I'm looking at this Nuggets roster and seeing just how terrible that team is when Jokic is off the floor, um, it, that that's quite the carry job he's had this season. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely a series where Jokic clearly is going to be the best player. He's, yes. But then if you start doing the, let's rank players 1 through 10, when is the next time you're going to get to a Nuggets player? That's what would concern me. <laughs> I'm not sure how many other Nuggets players would be in the top 10 of, you know, or whatever you want to say. Maybe 10 is not a good number because of roster numbers. Maybe like top six or something like that would be better. But right. uh, yeah, I'm not sure his teammates are going to be good enough to get them through, even if I think the Warriors have not played well lately, and I think they're pretty vulnerable in this matchup. Uh, and I think the Nuggets could beat them. I think it's going to be... You're just relying on big moments, big minutes, big plays from guys who you're like, this is the guy that I, I need to be getting me big buckets? And it's like, ooh. no. And I think Composo was out for game one, isn't he, as well? Too? Mm-hmm, so it's like, he is. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, if you're the Warriors, you're looking at this series saying, you know, Jokic is going to get 30, 15, and 12 at least every single game. Can we make sure that, you know, Monte Morris and Will Barton and Bones don't beat us? Yeah. At this point. That, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So what what are you thinking for a pick here, Shellen? I, you know, I'm going to go extreme homer on this one. Clay has played incredibly well the last you know couple weeks of the season after really struggling still not himself on defense still a little inefficient on offense but i think we're going to get a good enough Steph that i see this going warriors in 
seven. I'm going to say, I think, I think it's going to be a tough series. I think it's both teams um, cause some matchup problems for the other one, but I think the, the dubs will sneak out of this round uh, at least. Okay. I'm also going to pick the Warriors. I'll say actually in six, mostly just because I think it's going to be too much. Jokic is going to be too tired by the end of the series. I think they're going to need the on off numbers with Jokic are crazy as well. His team is horrible when he doesn't uh, play when he sits. So they're, Anytime he's out, it's just going to be like, please don't lose the game for us. And right. I think they're just going to have to ask too much of him to uh, win this series, even though I think he could do it. I'm just not sure the rest of his guys can back it up. Okay, and then the last matchup we got here in the first round is the two-seed uh, Memphis Grizzlies against the seven-seeded and uh, celebrating like they have won the world championship, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, we we can clown on them a little bit, mostly because it was Bev, and you know, it, that's always fun to joke about. But good for them; they've been, you know, one of the worst teams in the league for a very long time now. So exciting to see Towns here in the playoffs. This is kind of an interesting one for me because my gut when I first look at this series is I am very strongly in favor of Memphis, but I've been seeing a lot of NBA talking heads and Twitter folks this week, really down on Memphis's chances, you know, talking about how teams that play as fast as they do for pace of play often struggle in the playoffs because the pace of pace slows down a lot. Uh, so you're not running the other team down quite as much, not as many possessions per game. But I mean, I don't know. I, the Wolves are—they're fine, they're good. But I think the the Grizzlies are one of the most exciting to watch teams in the league this year, and I, I certainly hope that they they make it out of this one. Yeah, I guess I'll start with uh, jokes before I get into some real statistics Perfect. here. Uh, this is going to be the FCC's nightmare series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like are they going to have to have like? The announcers in a building across the street so they don't pick up all of the trash talking from the players on the court. Like, geez, man, the Grizz do so much. We know Pat Bev is going to try to do it back to them. It's going to be crazy how much is going to be being said on the court. It's going to be difficult for the refs, I think. And I, I feel bad for him. I hate, no one likes to talk about the refs, but in this case, I do pour one out for them a little bit for this series. Um, to get into some more stuff, people, yeah, you're talking about the Grizzlies. Here's some stuff about them. It, they're fourth in uh, net offense, sixth in net defense, mm-hmm. first in paint scoring, first in fast point, uh, in fast break points. Since the All Star break, they're sixth in three point percentage. They're first in rebound steals and blocks. So I look at yeah. these things and I'm like, this team is just like straight up good. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're inexperienced. Uh, they play the style, and it's like if people paid attention. When was the last time this Wolves team season? The Grizzlies were in the postseason last year. Yeah. Okay. I don't get some of that narrative. Um, I think Taylor Jenkins is a really, really good coach. Uh, I'm a little biased because he's a former Bud assistant, and Bud is coach of the Bucks. But he's done a really good job there, and I think this team is so unified too as a group that, man, I just really, really like the Grizzlies. I, th- I think this is their time, too, because um, we've talked about some of these other teams, Warriors, Dallas, they're weak, Nuggets injured. 
Jazz, who knows what the hell's going on with them. <laughs> you know, the eight seed Coupels, like, okay, no thanks. Uh, it's really just like, I, for me, I look at them and the Suns is like clear head and shoulders above the rest of the teams. They won 55 games this year. Like, this is a good team. And we know Jao loves the big moment. He was amazing mm-hmm. in, the, in the postseason last year, the play-in game and in the um, regular playoffs. And I, I really like the Grizz. I, I, I do too. They kind of remind me, at least in terms of a narrative sort of thing, of the Suns last year, where the Suns had a really good regular season. They were very obviously a good team. And yet we get to the playoffs and everybody's like, yeah, they're probably going to lose to the Lakers in the first round. You know? You know, it just, I think it's because we haven't seen this team actually make a playoff run yet. Some of that kind of settles into your mind thinking, well, they haven't done it yet. They won't do it this year either. But like you said, I mean, looking at how the West sets up for them and how talented and good we think that they are, this could be a year for a deep playoff run for them, in my opinion. I agree with you. Yeah. Mm hmm. I would say the one thing to watch out for the Grizz is Minnesota is also going to score the ball. Uh, yes. Ant-Man, I saw the statistic, before turning 21, he's top five in scoring in 40-point games, three-point field goals made, and field goals made, and some more stuff, too. And it was like, man, this guy is good. And the, I think the Wolves are going to be frisky in this series. I don't think it's going to be a walkover. And I think the Grizz are going to be... At times, they're going to look a little frazzled and struggle because this Wolves team has actually played really well since the All-Star break. But I think you just have to believe in the top-to-bottom talent and organizational structure of the Grizzlies in terms of the players they've picked. Like, they have too many guys. They do. <laughs> like, like, it's crazy to think they have so many guys that are good, and it's like um, they've had a really good ability to identify talent, develop it, and I think this, for me, I think this is their time. I think, uh, I, like I said, I'm also surprised people are picking the Wolves so much. Um, so with that said, I would pick the Grizz in um, five or six, I think, um, over the Wolves. I, I like what the T-Wolves have done this year. And I think Cat will have a... <laughs> we haven't even talked about his disastrous play-in game. What he, that was like yeah, one of the worst... That won't happen again, though. ...performance the- of all time. But the Grizz have more traditional centers, which I think Cat will have an easier time than the Clips. I was just going to say, they're going to just ball. throw Steven Adams and Jackson at him. And the Clippers, you know, they were tripling him the second the ball was looking at being thrown at him. So the, the defensive strategy between the teams is going to be much more favorable to Towns in this series. Yeah, I agree. I, I also don't... I think uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's kind of an interesting guy, but I think he's a hot or cold guy and... Yeah. That's not somebody you want to rely on in the postseason. Because I think there will be games where he's hot and then a lot of games where he's not. And that's not that's not good. Teams have not actually played each other since February either, which is kind of interesting. You know, um, so really tough to even go off, you know, season series. They split like pretty much all these teams of the West did, two to two. But uh I, I'm with you. I think Grizzlies in six would be my my take here. Um really now that I'm looking at it, I'm thinking all the Western Conference series are going kind of long, and I think it's just because they are pretty evenly matched with a couple of the those mid-seeded teams having injuries. Yeah, and I see well, most for, of these series mm-hmm. being, except for except for the Suns. Yeah, <laughs> do we think the Suns are going to sweep? Is the question I was going to ask you. 
No, nah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it'll be a gentleman's sweep, but I think I think five. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah, 4-1. I think that is a gentleman's sweep. Well, I, I think that... Gentlemen's in theory is when you win the first three, right? And then you let them win the game four and then. Oh, I, I always thought it was just four one. I, I guess I didn't really know the technical thing. I just know that it doesn't really matter, but I think, I think they will actually pull off a sweep sweep. Um, I just don't think either of those teams are going to be close to the Suns, but mm. yeah. Um, I kind of feel similarly, these kind of mid tier teams, the injuries, they so many question marks about these teams. I'm not, quite sure that's why i like even though jaw has been kind of injured and they've kind of babied him back a little bit i think they're playing it really safe with him because he's such a explosive athletic type of player i don't think they want him to get back too soon and they'll unleash him on teams in the postseason i think a lot of people who haven't seen him play will be like what is this guy and i think yeah i I mean they got a couple of those dudes you know because i mean if you haven't actually followed the season and like when you got jaw out there and you're gonna get to see desmond bain for the first time Oh, uh, Bane is going to leave uh, Minneapolis in ashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, I'm excited to see them. Uh, so, do you have any other thing you want to say about the Western Conference, or should we just move right on to the Eastern Conference? I think that's all I got here for the first round. All right. So, we're going to save our further picks of the rounds for later when we do our finals picks. We're not going to go through in-depth as much, because... There's not any point. We don't know what the actual matchup is going to be. Right. Um, so we'll start right away with uh, the number one seed, Miami Heat, versus the number eight, probably the Hawks, maybe the Cavs. I would think so. Um, we're not quite sure. I think the Cavs have been, to quickly talk about this game, the Cavs, I saw today, like they have like a top six defense with Jared Allen, a bottom eight defense without him. Uh, they're going to have trouble in this game against the Hawks. So uh, I would prefer to see the Hawks advance. I think they'd be a more interesting team as well, uh, as opposed to the Cavs, who I think would probably get swept. Uh, the Hawks could at least have a puncher's chance against the Heat, who a lot of people are kind of doubting. I'm surprised. I think they have the... Uh, let's see. So the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics, and I think the Sixers all have better odds of winning the conference than the Heat do in Vegas <laughs> as of like last week, right. which seems nuts to me because I'm like, what the heck? That doesn't make sense at all. You know, betting is a little weird with who's betting, who's, you know, how much are like squares betting. Uh, sure. Just on name recognition. But yeah, this Heat team has been very good all year. Their defense is amazing. Um, Bam is going to be in contention for pl- uh, defensive player of the year. Um, Hero's going to be sixth man of the year. Right. Butler is not shot well, but he's still a defensive, you know, one of the better two guards in the league. Yeah, he's a workhorse. Yeah. So I, I think Miami's looking pretty good. I would say long term, I think that the reliance on Tyler Hero on offense is a problem. Uh, in the bubble season, he was amazing and they made it to the finals. Last year, he was horrible and the Bucks kicked their asses. <laughs> like, yep. I think that's going to be an issue for them. They just don't have a lot of offensive scoring and talent on the team. And the, one of their worst three-man lineups includes Bam, Jimmy, and Hero, who what you think are the, probably the three most important players, and it's like, oh, that mm-hmm. seems bad. Uh, so I think long-term that could be some issues, but in a sh- this first-round series, I'm not so sure it's going to be 
a problem. Do you have any other thoughts about the Heat before we talk about maybe? I might talk a little bit about the Hawks here, but let's talk about the Heat. They deserve no, I, I'm with you on that. The the reliance on yeah, hero shooting well for them because, like you said, they just don't have a lot of floor spacers with Butler having you know near career low shooting from the perimeter this season. Um, and you know Lowry's fine, but he's not a uh, a floor spacer either. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. I, th- I, I'm with you. I think they're going to be good enough to get past probably the Hawks, hopefully the Cavs for, for my, uh, Pacer friends out there. And, you know, one of my other good NBA friends, uh, likes is a big Pacer fan. So he wants the Cavs to make the playoffs. So they get their first round pick from the, <laughs> the fair trade. Um, so pulling for pulling for the Cavs in that play in game tomorrow, but the Hawks have just been so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the Hawks. Sorry, I'll bring you some statistics here to help back you up here. Thank They're you. Second in the NBA in three point percentage at thirty four point four percent, and they have ten players with at least one hundred three point attempts. Seems amazing, right? Well, here's the problem. They're also in the bottom ten in league opponent field goal percentage at forty seven point one, and opponent three point percentage at thirty six point four. Uh, right. Who on that team is a good defender other than? DeAndre Hunter and sometimes Clint Capella. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, nobody. Yeah, especially because they moved off of Reddish, and I don't think Okongwu is available. I'm not sure, right. but I don't think I think he got injured. Right? Is that right? I'm, I could be wrong, but um, yeah, their defense is horrible, and that <laughs> I know that the Heat's offense. We just talked about being their weakness, and the Hawk. So it kind of matches up. That nice might be the cure. Team. Yeah, exactly. That might be that'd be nice for them. Like, oh, we can't play defense. Oh, their offense is kind of eh. But I think that could also be the thing to get the Heat rolling. Uh, you know, if the Hawks advance, I think they could win a game or two because they are just going to get hot in the game and shoot. Like in the play-in game, they shot fifty percent from the floor and I think fifty percent from three. And you shoot like that, you're going to win games. But mm-hmm. that's not right. going to win you. Not a seven series. series. No. Yeah, exactly. They, whenever you have somebody like Trey Young on your team there's always a chance that he's winning one or two games just because he goes nuclear. But if that's kind of what they're relying on, I think to be able to beat the heat. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, they might not even win this. I they might not they win, but they might not make it. So yeah, there's not a lot to talk about here. We haven't talked about, I think, uh, another thing for the heat Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the league. I think that's going to pay huge dividends down the line as well. So yeah, I've got, um, I've got this running NBA theory that, there are like five coaches, maybe, you know, give or take on any given year that make a significant difference. Then there are, you know, 20 coaches who are all more or less interchangeable. They're all fine. You know, you'll win some games or lose some games because of them. And then there are maybe five at the bottom who, you know, maybe lose you some games. And Spolstra's clearly one of those top groups where he's getting more out of this team than almost any other coach in the league could. Yeah. I mean, he's been one of the best coaches for a long time and um we don't talk about it as much as maybe or people don't as they should but it's also one of those things where everybody knows he's good so why talk about it Mm -hmm. um but speaking of coaching let's move on to the two seven matchup here the number two celtics and the number seven brooklyn nets now this is a pretty tasty matchup here the nets winning the play-in game and now going up against the Celtics team who have been the best team in the East since 
the turn of the year yep. because of their improved defense and Tatum actually taking what was I think is kind of surprising an in-season leap and figuring out figuring everything out which I was like oh wow he knows how to actually like facilitate and stuff and uh two weeks ago it seemed like he didn't <laughs> so, uh, very surprising for me and I think Ime has been a big factor in the Celtics defense kind of they kind of slacked a little bit under Stevens. I think they got a little tired of him. And Ime has kind of brought back their defensive identity with um, the guards and some of the big men here. Right. And on the other sideline, you've got the, the head coach that their star point guard famously said, yeah, I don't, I don't really see us having a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Nash, he's one of my favorite players, if not my favorite favorite play he might have been supplanted by Giannis now um however his coaching uh man uh his one big adjustment is basically just don't sit Katie and Kyrie and it's like once you play that card there's not another one to play they can't play more minutes his, than sitting zero minutes <laughs> in his slight defense it, it took him fewer seasons to figure that out than it took for Bud to figure that out with Giannis in the playoffs <laughs> that's true maybe <laughs> that is true that is true um but I think the big question for this series is is it time lord is that the biggest question in this and is he gonna play and how will that affect the Celtics defense I I feel like it is I think it um, is too it's tough to say it's the biggest question because even without him I almost tend to think Boston still feels good but I feel but if they were at full strength and had Williams back in there I I don't see the Nets having much of a chance at all. Which is yeah. impossible to say about a team that has Kevin Durant because we watched him basically drag James Harden's corpse to seven games against the Bucks last year uh, yeah, this by is himself. So, uh, yes, this is such a difficult series to talk about and to figure out what's going on because, um, yeah, in the aggregate, I think they can replace Time Lord with uh, other Williams, Grant Williams with Horford. Um, they had another big guy too. I forgot who it was, but they have enough um, guys. Yeah, Tice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, um, you. great, great uh, in-season trade for them. Even though the money wasn't great, actually, like they turns out they needed him. <laughs> so, uh, and the Nets don't really drive to the lane. You know, if this was a series against like the Bucks, you'd be like, no time, Lord, no chance, because Giannis and Holiday are just gonna eat him up in the paint over and over again. The Nets. Best players are perimeter players. They're not any other big men, or they're not really like. Um, Kyrie does drive, but he takes a lot of jump shots too. So I think maybe that will lessen the need of Time Lord in this series. There is thoughts that he would come, could come back this series, but most likely not until round two. Right. So um, then you wonder I, how much Smart might be able to to slow down Kyrie. At least I don't think they have much of a chance at slowing down Durant. Um, but you know, Smart is kind of a, a fringe pick for a lot of people for Defensive Player of the Year this year. Mostly, I think, just due to voter fatigue for Gobert. But, um, you know, best best defensive player on the best defense in the league, basically, is is also a decent a decent shout for that. So, and the thing think- is, too, with uh, it doesn't you don't have to. S- um, stop them, you have to just make them work hard enough. We saw this last year with the with Bucks Tucker. Yeah. With KD. They didn't KD still got his, right? He was still amazing. But he admitted after that series he was 
way tired. He even said like there were times in that overtime game of game seven where he kind of didn't know where he was anymore. He was so sure. tired. And it's like, it's not necessarily about making them score 20. It's about making their 34 really difficult to get to. Um, and with so I, that said, is there anybody on the Nets team that is going to make it difficult for Tatum and Brown to get theirs? Uh, I guess KD, if he steps up, if he, because he does ratchet it up in the postseason defense. He's Definitely. Good. Bruce Brown, do we? He's short though, but do we yeah. feel like it, he's good defensively and he's their third best offensive player since the All Star break, averaging mm-hmm. almost 15 points a game? But um, are we really saying Bruce Brown is going to be like the key player in this series for the Nets? Like, oh boy, I like Bruce Brown. He's not. He's not a guy you want to be the helping you decide a series, is he? I don't. Maybe I'm no. wrong about that. I don't know, but. No, I don't, I don't think like, so. I don't like the Nets supporting cast for KD and Kyrie. I know that they're going to eat and they're going to feast and they're going to get a lot of points. But boy, the rest of this team is not good on both sides of the floor. <laughs> uh, they can't play defense at all. I think a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know if it's still true, um, at the time they had had the best offensive rating in NBA history with Kyrie on the floor. They had the, the worst, worst defensive yeah. rating with Kyrie on the floor. So it's like... <laughs> Uh, so so high variance fun, at least. It'll be entertaining. Yeah, are the Nets going to have to score 140 every game to win? And how, what is that going to take out of KD and Kyrie? We saw them in that, did you watch that Knicks game from last week or whatever? Yes. Where they were losing to this horrible Knicks team, and then Ky, uh, KD didn't sit any of the second half, and that was how they won, and I was just like, this is not sustainable. That's what it feels like to me. Uh, against the Celtics team that, is going to make you grind for points and play you tough and hard. I know it's only, we're only talking one series here, but it's not like Steve Nash has not been playing AD and Kyrie tons of minutes in the past month. Like yep. how much longer can he keep doing it before these guys are just empty? That's yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately I think there will be a game this series. This is kind of like a, a Jokic situation in the West where, like Durant is scoring his 27 to 30 points in every single game in the series. Uh, and then there will be probably one or two games where Kyrie does his crazy, you know, 85% effective field goal percentage for the game with 30 some odd points and they win. But the Celtics are going to win this series in six, I think. I will say the same. I just, uh, I, you said 27 to 30. That's not going to be enough for KD. He's going to have to it's average, not. I think, 38 to 40 points a game for them to have <laughs> yeah. a chance in this series. And Kyrie's going to not... do it. He could do it. I, I don't doubt it. Kyrie needs to not be so trick-or-treat as well. I, uh, on Windhorse podcast, they were discussing Kyrie's numbers with uh, two days of rest or more and less, and they were dark. He was amazing mm-hmm. with more than two days, not so good with less than two days. I know in the playoffs you get a lot of two days or plus, but it's like, guess what, Kyrie? It's a lot harder to play basketball and be good when you're playing multiple times a week instead of once every ten days. You know, um, so I don't, I don't, I. It's tough to say like Katie's going out the first round. It just seems wrong, right? That's why I think so many people are picking the Nets in this series. But I, my. Bellwether in the postseason for me, I always 
uh, harp on this one is defense because defense travels is a lot about effort. And the last two years, the best defensive team, in my opinion, of the postseason has won was the Bucks and it was the Lakers. Um, the year before that, it was. I don't really know if the Raptors were the best defensive team. Probably because they had Kawhi. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm back the best defensive team. Right. And so, uh, I think defense is so critical because they let you play a lot more of it. You get away with a lot more stuff. It's a lot more physical. And I just think that is the reason. Like the Celtics. So we're in agreement. This is probably the series we'll have talked about the longest because it's there's so much intrigue. It is interesting. Yep, I agree. For a 2-7 matchup, this is fascinating uh, to go with. So we'll transition from the series we'll talk the longest about and the most interesting to probably one of the least interesting series, the 3-6, my Milwaukee Bucks versus the Chicago Bulls, the sixth seed. And here are the two statistics you need to know, <laughs> and then we can pretty much move on. Right. This year, oh, I actually have a third one here too. Uh, this year, the Bucks are 4-0 against the Bulls. Okay. Uh, so they swept the season series. The Bulls, uh, I think, have two wins against top eight teams in the league this year. Yeah, and, it's like 2-22. and 22. Yeah, the Bulls haven't beaten Giannis since 2017. So uh, let's go Bucks and 4. <laughs> I'm done yeah, with my analysis. I'm in, agree- <laughs> I'm in agreement with you, Bucks and 4. I think it's a bummer that, just to give the Bulls a little bit of uh, talk time. Just injuries this season are just tough for them. Uh, you know, if Lonzo was healthy, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were a pretty fun team. Like their starting five, DeRozan had that stretch where he was incredible. Uh, the the rookie, the kid out of Illinois. Uh, oh, Io Desumu. Desumu. Yeah, I, w- I wanted the Bucks to pick him uh, at the end of the first round. Is great. Caruso has has been. You know, he's the face of the fun. league. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all hated him when he was a Laker, but then all of a sudden he went to the Bulls and it's like, oh, he actually is good. He's not just getting, you know, screen time because he's in purple and gold. So they were fun. I. They're going to lose in four games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate for them. Injuries, even starting the season with the Patrick Williams injury, really kind of put mm-hmm. them on the back foot. They played so great to start the season. Their defense. The big question mark was really good. Caruso and Alonzo was a very good defensive backcourt. But, um, I mean, the Veen has missed a lot of time this year, too. They've, yeah. Right. Unfortunately for them, they had a nice season, and it's going to probably end up, they have to hope they can win one against the Bucks because I don't know if there's a lot to say about the Bucks. They won the title last year. Giannis might be the best player in the world. Uh, they've got back Brook Lopez. Their defense hasn't been that good this year. I think it's 14th. Um, but Lopez played one game until like the last month of the season. Yeah, I was going to say he only played like 12 or 13 games all year. So, And, you know, uh, the Bucks, you just kind of got to trust some of the stuff they do. Uh, Holiday's defense. I, I've not been impressed by Middleton this year. I think he's had a little bit of a down year. Uh, Portis has been amazing for them, though, in minutes. Uh, Allen... He'll be coming off the bench, I imagine. He's like a better version of Bryn Forbes from last year because I don't think he'll get as scared as Bryn Forbes seemed like he was at times last year. Uh, I know some people have discussed, like, did they duck the Nets by sitting everybody in the last round? But it's also kind of like, if you were to go anti-Bucks, you'd be like, well, they ducked the Nets because they don't think they can beat them. And they barely beat them in that last regular season game. And 
that took them to seven in, in the Eastern Conference semis last year. Uh, if you were to say, like, pro Bucks, you'd be, well, they wanted to play the Bulls because they swept them this year. The Bulls stink. And the Bucks were the three seed last year. They won the title. Uh, people have said, yep. don't you want game seven on the, at home in round two against the Celtics? It's like, oh, they went to Brooklyn last year and won game seven on the road. So, yeah, when you're no battle fear. tested, like <laughs> this sort of team is, it's, you know, the Warriors were the two seed, you know, a couple of years with Houston doing all those sorts of things. It, it just doesn't matter that much when you've played this many postseason games with your core group. Yeah. When and you're talking the Grizzlies, Grizzlies, yes, they want, they want to be at home for that game. You know, they, they have not had these big postseason moments. Giannis mm-hmm. is going to show up wherever he's playing and play like himself. Yeah, they were down 2-0 in an NBA Finals last year, came back and won four straight, and Giannis put a 50 in a closeout game. Like, yep. but th- Yeah, no I questions mean, just, about them. Yeah, we have no questions about in terms of their postseason resume. They're good. Um, we'll be talking about them potentially later in this as well. So um, let's move on to, I think this is kind of a frisky matchup here. The mm-hmm. number four, Philadelphia 76ers coming to get you. And number five, Toronto Raptors, whose mascot is a velociraptor that can dribble a basketball, and he's so effective at being a mascot, he got put in timeout by Devin Booker earlier this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, one of the um, highlights of the season for sure. Yes, uh, and (laughs) if people don't know what the story is, and they, if you're listening this late and you know what the story is, this is wild to me, but one point he was being too distracting and Devin Booker complained and he got put in like timeout. And so then now people show up to arenas with these, those inflatable Velociraptor costumes to annoy Devin Booker. Cause it's, that was such a weird thing for him to complain about. <laughs> it's like, right. Uh, so it's, it's a very funny thing. Uh, let's get onto some real talk about this uh, series though. And the care, the character, the player that will decide this series is James Harden. I believe. And I think he's looked super washed lately. He's been yeah. very inefficient since his first four games with the Sixers when he was really good. He's only averaging 20 points per game on 36% from the floor and 30%, uh, 30% from three. Today I saw a video of Jalen Rose saying that Harden's numbers looks like their concert tour dates because he's like right. four of 10, four of 17, three of 12. He's not been good, and he's going to have to show up, and there's a lot of pressure on him, I think, in this series. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy how he went from looking... Who knows what happened that first week or two that he was in Philly, because he didn't look good in Brooklyn, and then he got traded, and was they were incredible for, yeah, two weeks, and then he has not looked good since. So I'm with you there. He is probably the biggest question mark for how he's going to play because I do think that the Sixers need him to play well. The The Raptors are a good team. Nick Nurse is a very good defensive basketball coach. Um, You know, they've got Siakam. Barnes is going to finish first or second rookie of the year voting. Van Vliet's hurt a little bit, though, with the knee injury slowing him down. So that that's going to be interesting for them. And then I think the the big neutralizer is that the Raptors do have the biggest home court advantage out of any team in the first round of the playoffs by virtue of being across the border for one on Matisse Thibault not being able to play in those road games. 
So I think that that really swings that in their favor uh, in this round. That's a problem for the Sixers. They're not a very deep team. They really need Tybalt to play, and he's they just don't have a lot of replacements for him. I know he's offensively, he's like poo-poo. It's putrid to watch him, but uh, they just don't have enough guys on their team. Uh, their center position, is ever since they made that uh, Simmons-Harden trade, has been a black void for them. The oh, yeah, and Doc uh, Rivers' and B- and comments about <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, you know, you know, yeah. always fine. We're playing him as he's sitting on the bench the whole time. It's just, it's, it's tough for Embiid's backup now. Yeah, he's another guy who's not going to be able to sit much because they're going to be no. in trouble anytime he does. And Embiid, it's like, he's been healthy this year, but it's not been the case in his career. And I think he's going he's gonna to feast another guy who's just going to get his numbers because he's yep. amazing and he's having such a great season. I think it'll be up to the supporting cast, which I like Maxi, But if Harden's not going to be good, what we think Bang Bang, Georgie, Niang is going to carry them. We think Toby, I don't... Yeah. None of these guys come with confidence. And you slightly mentioned it. The mismatch of Nick Nurse versus Doc Rivers. Doc has yeah. won 2-3-1 leads in the postseason. I think Nurse is might be the best head coach in the league. I think this year is another reason to show why he realized, I'm just going to cut my roster down and only play yeah. my best players. And I'm going to play this super crazy, weird team where everybody's got like... They're like 6'8 to 6'10". They've got these giant wingspans, except for Van Fleet. And that's basically his weird team. And it's that's a weird, that's hard to play against. I, I wonder in a full series if the Sixers will figure it out at some point. We saw this with the Rockets a couple of years ago. They played basically no center right. in the regular season. Everybody lost to him in the postseason. They got housed because teams were like, oh, we actually, we have more time to figure this out. We're not just playing them one off in a game and being confused. Um, so I wonder if that will be an issue for the Raptors, but. Um, I was looking at a couple defensive stats for them. Gary Trent Jr., third in steals per game, fifth in deflections. Van Vliet is sixth in steals per game, second mm-hmm. in deflections. Uh, I like this Raptors team. I think you've mentioned the home court is a big deal. Um, I like their coach. I'm just not convinced by the Sixers team as well. Uh, I actually, so much that I, I think the Raptors are going to win this series. I, I, I do them, too. And I think they're actually... I, I think they'll probably win in six. I'm going to go seven in it just because Embiid is that good and there will be some games where Harden has it figured out. But I think the inconsistency there of having a second score on the, the Sixers is just going to hurt them too much against a very good defensive team that also has some just great young talent on it. You know, talk about how young the Raptors are or, you know, Grizzlies are and stuff. Van Vliet's kind of the, the old guy out there, but they... I think they're gonna they're gonna run them. They're gonna win enough games at home while the Sixers are shorthanded to take this one. And you know some of those guys in the the Raptors too. We forget they they won a title in 2019. Absolutely, yeah. Boucher and Siakam and Van Vliet. Siakam and Van Vliet. Those guys been have there. been there. Nurse yep. has been there. So uh, there's another. That's another team where we should look at that core and not have questions about some of their players. There are guys like Barnes. Uh, you know, Gary Trent Jr. I guess he made it to Western Conference Finals on the. Blazers that one year, but right, <laughs> they have some other guys that you might be like, ah, I wonder about these guys, but you know, they've definitely got guys who we know are playoff tested as well, and I think are ready for the moment. And yeah, I 
I like him, so I pick him in for this upset. So, uh, to go back over this, we both picked the Suns to advance. We both picked the Grizzlies. We both picked the Warriors. You picked Dallas. I picked Utah. Mm-hmm. We both picked the Heat. We both picked the Celtics. I, was, I wasn't sure about that one, but um, I, I think we, in the Discord, I guess I should figure out, we've been talking a lot of net smack. <laughs> right. Uh, we both picked the Bucks, and we both picked the Raptors, so not a lot of dissent here, except for the Not a lot, there. and I mean, most, you know, NBA playoffs are probably the most consistent. You know, there's not as many upsets, just because you got to win seven games. You're sticking all your best players out there, playing reduced rotations, all these sorts of things. But we pretty much did go chalk other than this one, I think, right? And then, obviously, your Utah pick. Yeah, I've picked the both, other, both, both sides parties. to win. Yeah. And, and that's, not, that's not that much of an upset, I don't think, a 4-5. Or five. No, I mean, we're talking uh, like a game or two in the standings is all the difference between those teams at that yeah. point. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise chalky from us, um, which I, first round is not that surprising. Of all of the higher seed or you know better seeded teams that you picked to win which one do you think would surprise you the least if they lost oh celtics um because that would just mean that kd had like a crazy series kyrie was consistent for the whole thing and um that would basically be it i guess <laughs> and a time lord's injury he would not come back and it would bother them i think that would be the one Sure. I think would surprise me the least. Um, yeah, what about you? I think the Nuggets over the Warriors, I would not be that surprised, having watched a lot of Warriors basketball this season. You know, if Curry comes back and is hobbled, um, if Clay decides to go and shoot three of 20 from three-point range in a couple games like he has this season, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Because they, they can't stop Jokic, so... I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose that one. I, I did consider the Nuggets for an upset pick, but I just uh, I kept looking at the rest of that starting lineup, and I was just like, I can't do it. <laughs> Even though I really wanted to, I was just like, these other players, I don't know, man. It yeah. scared me. So, yeah. Um, so let's go on to, give me some dream matchups. Let's start with the Western Conference here. Um, any potential matchups you really, really want to see here? Yeah, the, definitely. I think, I mean, for me, in a in a perfect world, getting to see the top four seeds make it to the second round with Luca and Steph being healthy kind of gives me, as just an NBA fan, a dream scenario there. The Warriors and the Grizzlies have played some insanely fun games the last two seasons. The play-in game last year a couple just insane games this year. The, the Grizzlies match up, I think, very favorably for themselves against the Warriors. But getting to watch that young crew of, you know, Jaw and Bain and Jackson getting to play against Steph and Clay and Draymond as kind of like a, a new guard versus old guard of a big three just sounds very enticing and fun to me as a basketball fan, even though it would make me very nervous as a Warriors fan about their chances. And then I would want to see either Golden State or Memphis against Phoenix uh, in the conference finals. Uh, I just think that would be a fun, a fun matchup as well. Okay. I think this Phoenix a- is favored in any of those, but I, I think you'd get some good basketball out of it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so those were some good picks. Uh, isn't the dream matchup, though, uh, Western Conference Finals, Clippers-Nuggets? The Jokic brothers all come to Denver? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that, that would be the, the undercard uh, version of it, them courtside there. Yeah, and then the other Morris brother shows up at this oh. support side. It, that's like the that's the real dream matchup, in my opinion. Um, just because the hilarity of that, I could, I don't know if I could handle like the first game. I would just be like laughing too much from <laughs> the entire thing. Would be so right. Funny. It was pretty funny when it happened, but didn't Morris miss a whole bunch of time? <laughs> he did. He did <laughs> miss happened? a lot yeah. of time. That wasn't. I, I, we were all joking the night that it happened. It was like, oh, this is hilarious. We got Jokic's like you know crazy brothers coming out to you know start a bar fight in an alley or something like that but then morris was actually hurt for like 20 games and it was slightly less funny yeah it was a cheap shot but i guess it was Morris started it so he did. uh you can't complain about getting into a fight if you start it first that's what i feel like um, and starting a fight with somebody that looks and is the size of Jokic as well it's just a bad idea for anybody out there i think yes um I think for a dream matchup, I would like to see um, Luca healthy go up against the Warriors. Uh, I think that would be a fun. Can the I, I, even though Dallas plays defense a lot, which is kind of like not always the most interesting thing to watch, I would love to see Luca trying to take down the Warriors. Uh, I guess that would also be a Western Conference Finals matchup. I'd have to see, but. Yep. Um, I, really, any series with a full-strength Luka is exciting. I think if we got Dallas Clippers again, that would be exciting. Um, if that could happen, you know. Um, right. Could be, what, three years in a row of them? Mm-hmm. At that point, that would be great. Yeah. You know, Utah, or St. Utah play Denver again would be exciting from a run back. Although, they wouldn't have like, the exciting guards on uh, Denver's. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, probably... In terms of a real matchup, I would like to see. I'd like to see Dallas uh, play Golden State. And I've said I love the um, I love the Grizz too. So any any matchup with the Grizz, I'm excited to watch. But my matchup, I think, would be the funniest is of course Clippers Nuggets. So one um, underrated fun thing here in the West is that in of the nine teams still alive here this Thursday night, only the Warriors and the Mavericks have ever won an NBA title. So we got seven other teams out there in the West that you know could be on the hunt for their first NBA championship, which is just fun for for the fan bases for those cities and teams. Yeah, so that should be good. Uh, let's go Eastern Conference. Uh, is the dream matchup? There's only one dream matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, and that is Philadelphia and Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The the oh my god, that would be so crazy. I the narrative and the. The sports talk would be crazy because we don't think. I guess we didn't mention this in the first. I was going to say we somehow went the entire first round without <laughs> talking Ben Simmons once. We didn't mention Ben Simmons at all. Well, I think I mentioned it in the trade with the Sixers, so I didn't even mention him on the Nets. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, reports they, they safe. What game five, six ish? If if it goes season series goes that long, he's shooting to come back. Maybe he could play ten to fifteen minutes. KD has said he's going to prepare as if Simmons is not going to return at all for the first round series. So um, we kind of don't know. He's also got a back injury, so who knows right. what's going on with that. Um, but yes, yeah, just the the memes and the hilarity of 
Simmons, I assume by that point would be able to play because it would be right. The third round. So Harden versus the Nets, Simmons versus Embiid, Simmons in Philadelphia getting booed mercilessly. I, I so badly wanted Brooklyn to lose that first play-in game and fall to the eight seed, so that there was a slight glimmer of hope that Durant could, you know, just sink the heat and they could have a second round matchup. I, I can't fathom a world in which these two teams make the Eastern Conference Finals, but we said dream, and this this would be my dream. Yes, that would be so exciting. From it's it's almost has nothing to do with the on court basketball, which is hilarious to talk about. It's almost everything to do with the off court stuff, with the the players off court relationships and the all this crazy stuff between the teams. Um, yes, that would. That's number one for me. Uh, number two, I'm sure for a lot of people, got to be Bucks and Nets. See that again? Yes. Um, personally, I'd rather not see it, even though uh, the Bucks are so much better than the Nets. I don't think the Nets are really in the same category as the Bucks. Um, we saw it last year with a Bucks team that wasn't as confident as I think the team we saw in the finals that was just like, we know who we are. We know what to do. And Giannis, Giannis was not as good in that second round of the postseason as he was in the finals, which is crazy right. to say that a player somehow improved in the postseason. <laughs> like, that seems wild to say. But it happened, and it's true. And he's a better player than he was the last time they played in a postseason series. And last year, the Nets were like, Blake Griffin, you're our answer defending Giannis. Blake's not getting any minutes. They have no one to stop him. And... uh that game they played late in the season, there was uh, it was close at the end, and Kyrie was trying to get it going, and Drew Holiday locked him down. He put the cuffs yep. on him. It was just like he didn't let him do anything. There was a play where Kyrie was really trying to get free, and he did this like spin move, and everybody in the arena was like, "Ooh!" But Drew was all over him like a glove, and it was like he did not get free, and Kyrie got rid of the ball. And I think in that game, in the fourth quarter, he went zero for three from the floor. So, uh. Yeah, I, even though I think a lot of people said it for it, I don't think the Nets are as good as the Bucks. So I'm not even sure that would be that exciting to watch. Um, no, I'm not sure either. My my other matchup that I'd be very intrigued by if it did somehow come to pass would be Toronto versus Boston uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals for for a similar reason, because you potentially have two starters missing for Boston on those road games all of a sudden there as well. Uh, would be quite the... Uh, interesting talking points and just again big home court advantage for the raptors if they were somehow to get through both philadelphia and miami you know i think they could actually they, they could do it i don't think, I think it's they that could do crazy to think of a world last year i was driving the hawks bandwagon uh i was i told people i was like they got to the second round i was like they're good after they beat the, the knicks i was like they're gonna beat the sixers uh i think this team's this year's team that could surprise people and make a run is definitely the Raptors. I think there's a lot of stuff to like about them. Um, and I, I'm just, as much as I said, it's wild that people are so low on the heat. They're not as, I guess maybe it's because we look at the other one scene and it's the Suns and it's like, wow, the Suns are just like world beaters. And we look at the heat and you're like, the heat are good. <laughs> and that, the, the yeah. difference between those is just like, why we all are down on the heat comparatively, but 
Yeah, it's not even just that, but it's I just think that if you I think if they played either a full strength Boston or uh Milwaukee team, they're just you know, they're they're not favored as the yeah. one seed. So it's just That's true. That's yeah. Um Yeah, I, it's tough to it they're they're a weird team to me because they're another team where I love their defense, but their offense, they don't have the elite player like Tatum or Brown on the Celtics that makes me a lot higher on them. Uh, Either way, I think the the series that is most likely to come to pass that I am most excited about as a, a neutral fan is Milwaukee versus whoever they play in the second round. I think Milwaukee versus Boston or Milwaukee versus Brooklyn is going to be a very fun series to watch. I agree. The, there's a few out here that could be interesting for the Bucks. I think Bucks versus the Nets, or not the Nets, sorry, the Heat, if they get there, would be interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two teams, you know, 1-1. Heat beat them in the bubble. Right. The Bucks were so checked out mentally, I think, at that point um, because of so the, the sweep last year. Off. Coming off and then, yeah, and- exactly. And then they played them last year. They took them. Remember, they could have tanked and gotten out of the Heat series, and they were just like, nah, and they just destroyed them. So I think Miami and also, Miami's got Tucker now. They're going to want right. to have something to prove, and the Bucks are also going to have something to prove in that series too. So, well, I guess maybe not because they won a title, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So let's uh, get a, get to our finals picks, Shellen. Uh, here's where we can talk a little bit about some of these second and third round matchups. Um, let's go Western Conference first, I think, because we're going to pick the same team here. For sure. I think we're probably picking the same team both sides here if i had to if i had to guess without knowing what you're doing but but yes i am picking phoenix coming out of the west here i think that they match up favorably with either golden state or memphis who i think are the two most likely teams to come out there i think dallas could give them problems like you like we always say you know the team with the best player on the floor it's you, it's tough to pick against them but i think the rest of the suns match up against a Dallas potential Luka matchup there in the second round uh, favors Phoenix. I think they're better than they were last year. They're a little deeper than they were last year. I think Phoenix makes it through the West without too much drama. Actually, I, I don't think they'll even get pushed to seven here in the West. I also will pick the Suns. Uh, I think you're right about that. If Dallas has a healthy Luka and they get by. We saw it last year with the Suns. They did get beaten by a team with the best player in the mm-hmm. in the finals that happened. It could tap. I, I don't think it would happen, but it could happen in the second round against Dallas. I've picked Utah, and I think they would sweep Utah. So, uh, um Yeah, I think the Grizz could give them problems. Uh, the Suns are so savvy, though. Like, the Grizz are going to... That's where I think the inexperience would make a difference in that series um, with Chris Paul and Booker and some of those guys who that went to the finals last year and they got a little bit of veteran savvy and I think that might be when the youth of the Grizzlies would show itself would be in a big moment in the in the Western Conference Finals. But I I would pick the Suns, though I'm I in the Grizz a lot. I like I read you some of the statistics and I really like them and I mm-hmm. I like what the Grizz are showing me. And if Chris Paul sustained an injury uh, which would not be that surprising. It would be wide open for for the Grizzlies. We always are always thinking like, um, it's not quite their time yet. It's not quite their time yet. 
and then suddenly it's someone's time. And right. This could be it for the Grizz. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's not crazy to think Chris Paul sustains some sort of injury. He ca- he had one in the first round last year, and he looked something that was wrong with him in the finals too. It looked like. Uh, yeah, he so, had the hand injury basically all playoffs too. So we'll see. It's not not wild to think so. I would agree, Suns though. Um, and let's go to Eastern Conference. Do you think the winner? Of, well, we're here again, uh, same as last year in the second round Buck series. Yes, the winner of that series is the team to go to the finals. Is that what? Yes, you absolutely. Believe? Okay, that's what I also think. So. I guess you got to tell me who's who's winning that series, Buck Celtics, because we both. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're we're looking at a finals rematch this year. I think I think Milwaukee. Ho ho ho! Okay, I Bucks fan. I believe the Celtics are going wow, to okay. the finals. I told you I love defense in the final or in the postseason. Um, I think the Celtics have played the Bucks decently well in the in the regular season. In the postseason, the Bucks have. Usually kick their asses. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, but yeah, I really like what the Celtics have done on defense. I think that's sustainable. I th- Tatum has taken a massive leap forward. Uh, I talked a little bit about the Bucks. I think Middleton has slipped a bit this year, which I think is a huge problem for them. Uh, I think Holiday has actually moved up. I think he's played a lot better than he did last year. Um, Giannis is somehow even better than he was last year when he put up 50 points in a game six of an NBA finals game. He can actually shoot the ball now, but, uh, I know bud won a title, but I think eBay might be better than as a coach. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, we talk narrative all the time. You know I mean? If, if Durant was six inches further back on that shot in game seven, bud's fired. Right. I mean, Uh, last year I was like, I'll drive him to the airport, get Carlisle. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like we can instantly just say he's a championship winning coach. He's incredible. He's obviously fine. He's in that mix of 20 coaches in the middle who aren't moving the needle that much for me. But I agree. The coaching matchup in that series is, is what it is. But it's, it's tough for me to pick against Giannis in a seven-game series. I think he, he's kind of entered that prime LeBron zone for me after last season. And we'll see if he can actually live up to that, but it's where it's like, how do you beat this guy seven or four times? And Oh yeah, I agree. I don't, if, I don't know if, if I wasn't going to pick the Celtics, I would pick the Bucks. The Bucks, I think are a safer pick. I think my Celtics pick is a little risky. I, I mean, you asked me who do I think could get upset in the first round? Most likely I said the Celtics yeah. I picked them for the finals too. So that's kind of like, those are contradictory statements almost, but uh, yeah, I I think the safest pick is the Bucks, As you said, with Giannis, he's just taken his game to an entirely another level. We know what they can do on defense with Giannis and Holiday, and um, I'm looking at these other teams that would be facing, and I'm like, is there a specific matchup where someone's playing Brooke off the court? Maybe the Raptors? Mm-hmm. We don't think the Hawks are going to pass the first round. That was a team that right. kind of... Brooke couldn't play some a little bit in, so uh, that actually bodes well for the Bucks that they would not have to play small ball with um, Portis as much because he's not that good defensively. But yeah, I, 
I would prefer if the Bucks made it to the finals. I just uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it works for you either way with this pick. Either you right, were right and exactly. you get to gloat, or you were wrong and your team makes it. Yeah. Um, so now that we have our finals picks, who who's going to win? Are we picking the same team here? Are we both picking Suns? We are. Yes. Okay. I think that especially in my hypothetical matchup of Bucks and Suns, you see the Bucks being just. I think a little bit last year, especially defensively. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we talked in that first opening matchup with the Suns about how they've improved, especially front court depth this year. I just, it took a absolutely Herculean effort from Giannis in a couple of those games. You know, it was a six game series where five of the six games were close in the fourth quarter. It's not like the, the Bucks handled the Suns completely, even though they, even in the comeback, you know, in those last four games. So I think we're, we're at a point where the Suns are a little bit better and the Bucks are a little bit worse than they were last year. And that would lead me to pick Phoenix. Yep. Uh, I just think Phoenix is too good this year. Uh, as much as like the Celtics, Phoenix also plays good defense. <laughs> uh, and I, th- I think that they're on the, I mentioned it before, the 2015 Spurs trajectory. They mm-hmm. lost. Uh, finals. I think they probably think they should have won, and I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. And I think they. And will. we haven't mentioned his name again all all show, but Monty Williams, two time now NBA Coach of the Year. You know, I, that's obviously voted a bit on record and stuff, which isn't always under the control of the head coach. But I think we've seen what he did with them last year in the playoffs, working around some of those injuries and mm-hmm. everything that. I, I, it's it's tough to pick against a team that just really doesn't have a glaring weakness other than does our old point guard stay healthy. Yes. I, I will say, I ragged on Bud. He did outcoach Monty in the finals. Yeah, the yes, I think pretty easily um, when you start looking at some of the things the Bucks did. So I don't think he's as runaway as people think he is. I actually think Taylor Jenkins should be coach of the year, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Suns. I think this is their time. So um, it would be interesting if they won. Chris Paul would finally get that ring. And I guess, I guess cement his place, which I think is already cemented amongst Definitely. the greats. But that would it's just the one thing he's missing, right? So uh, I guess any other further thoughts, Shellen, or should we just... No, I'm excited that we've got, you know, basketball, playoff basketball on the TV every night for two months now. It'll be fun. It will. Um, and people can listen to this and laugh at us when uh, <laughs> the Celtics lose in the first round or something or whatever. So uh, I guess we'll see. And then Sports Ball the Rings will return. It's like the James Bond thing, right? Because um, we're going to do F1. John was just asking me about it in the uh, chat. Too, yeah, so, so if, if Sports Ball the Rings is your thing, but the NBA is not... And yeah, you've listened Formula, to the end of this podcast. <laughs> which is unbelievable. I, I, I can't believe I would even listen to the end of this podcast. But uh, yeah, we'll have some, some Formula One racing here uh, in a couple weeks for the Miami Grand Prix. Which I will know decisively less about than this NBA one. <laughs> well, we'll have John to carry us along since everything I know about F1 I've learned from Netflix. Yeah, John is going to have to just like... Uh, for or with Sam Carius on his back, while well, we just make jokes. <laughs> I think that's so. the dream. Yeah. So uh, I guess look forward to that. If 
people have made it to the end here, and I'm looking forward to more talk. Uh, maybe we'll come back for basketball. I don't know. If the Bucks make it to the finals, we might have to. Especially if the Bucks Warriors do, we definitely oh, will. Oh, if Bucks Warriors, yeah, we'll have an emergency podcast for sure. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. And see you next time. <laughs>